The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks for salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I'm Mike Stevens of the Hockey News, and sitting across from me is the one and only Stephen Ellis, also of the Hockey News, and also my boss. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing, Mike? I'm I'm doing great. So it's been a busy week this week. The Leafs are playing essentially every other day. It's wild. Um, and so I was thinking, you know, instead of like going through, you know, a big meandering pod talking about, you know, all these different topics, trade trade speculation, it's hot and heavy. Um, and I thought we'd just go through some of the top candidates, talk about it, see what, what could be had, uh, who they could be going to, you know, like conversations on them, just free flowing, have some fun. Uh, and we can all we can all have a have a great time. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. Let's do it. So why why not just hop right into it? Let's just do it. like no segments, no nothing. Let's just hop hop right into it. Number Connor McDavid to Montreal for Shea Weber done. I mean that's fair. It, it makes a lot of sense. You know it it it, it adds it, it clue. I mean the the money's not too far apart. The 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 positions are not too far apart. You know it's it's well, it's what about this? Yeah, uh, Austin yeah? Matthews. Austin yeah, Matthews okay. is having a good you got season. me already. Yeah. He's having a good season, but he's never won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. He's never made it to the Cup final. Shea Weber not only has won the Olympic gold medal, but mm-hmm. he has made it to the Stanley Cup final. That's true. He did, and that and that team definitely deserved to be there too. You're right. Yeah, so, they, they made it there because they were the best team. Sure. Yeah, no, there, there were. You're right. There were there were no other circumstances that might have propelled them there. So you're 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 right. That's crazy. But we'll save that for for a little bit later. Maybe the number one right off the hop. It's it's one of the biggest, one of the more prominent trade targets we've seen in recent memory. You know, a guy who's who'd be available. It's Claude Giroux. Um, you know, I think it's pretty much secure now that he's going to be dealt. Um, it's, it just kind of seems that way. You know, the fly, like Flyers are going nowhere. They're doing this aggressive retool. They just signed re-signed Rasmus Ristolainen for no reason um, to a contract they will almost certainly buy out um, in in a couple of years' time. Giroux, you know, he's making 8.275 million this year prorated. That'll be a bit, that'll obviously be, be a bit lower. Um, first of all, where do you see, like, what, what do you give, what kind of odds do you go on him being traded, but also where do you see him going? And like, also like what package are you getting? Because this is a, this is a guy, he's a pending UFA at the end of the year. Uh, you know, like he's, he's 34. So he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's still having a decent season, but he's, he's 34. Um, this is a pure rental. Right. So, so that that's obviously diminishes price a bit. What, what, where do you see Claude Giroux going right now? So I'll just point out that he's played 996 games uh, as of today. And he'll be playing his on the day of us recording this. He'll play his 997th. Um, cool. That means his 1000th game is going to be this coming Thursday. The next time the flyers play at home is hmm. Sunday, the day before the trade deadline, like this uh, the March 20th. I would expect he's going to be traded before then at that point. Yeah. Um, this is something where if you're a contender, you're, you're definitely calling for him. And, and there's a lot of contenders that could be looking for him. Colorado's been rumored. Vegas has been rumored. Toronto, of course, is always rumored. There's a lot of teams that could really make a run at him here. And something where, you know, Colorado's got some good defensemen. 
Philadelphia needs defensemen. Uh, I think we all kind of saw the contract they gave out today and say, uh, yeah, they, they, they'll need some better defensemen. No, they're fine. They clearly love it. They're fine. Yeah. Yeah. They, they love a guy that's, what, what did Jay Fresh have as his, like, his, uh, war rating, like 1% or 2%? It was 1%. It was yeah. 1%. So, you know, not, not, not exactly a great stat. Um, <laughs> So for me, if I'm thinking where he goes, that's a place you go where like the the Colorado Avalanche have some good defense they can move, mm-hmm. and they got some good guys in the system, um, and they can afford to give away some uh, some decent pieces of the future. I feel like almost for just kind of where Philadelphia is in, and anytime a team like has a star player they got to trade but is struggling, almost never get good value for them. And it sounds like that just kind of the landscape of there is. I don't expect Giroux to be there this time next week. If I had to yeah. take a while, I guess. Um, he'll be the big star trader this year. Um, and it's almost like to a point, it's like we're never talking about Giroux being like this big star player anymore. Uh, and part of that is because he plays on a bad team. It, and it hasn't been a great year for him. Like 40 points in 53 games is not terrible, but it's not like the, the 102 points we saw a couple of years ago or the 80 points we know he's capable of. So um, I think a fresh start would be good. Give him a chance to go be a contender. Um and uh, that's why I like Colorado kind of being the team there. Vegas, obviously, would be one that would make that that would be a good fit offensively. But we know their salary cap situation makes that kind of a challenge. But this is someone who's this is he's a rental player. He's a free yeah. agent this coming summer. And uh, so it'll be fun to kind of see where he goes. But I, I do think he'll be traded. And my guess is Colorado. Man, that would be adding him in there. Do you think do you think that, you know, maybe a guy like Bowen Byram would be needed to make something like that happen? Because. Like you said, you know, he's not a, he's not really a star player anymore, but he's a difference maker. Like he's a contributor. He's there. He's moving the needle. Um, he was an all-star this year, right? Which, which is something that matters so much, uh, clearly. Um, and also there was, it was reported in 32 thoughts this week that, that there might be some, some smoke to uh Bowen Byron wanting a fresh start with a different organization. Um, just cause he's dealt with a lot of, uh, uh, like concussion symptoms and there's a big log jam on that, on that avalanche blue line. It, do you think giving up a pro that, you know, sort of highly touted of a prospect is something that it might is, is what it might take to get Drew uh, in an abs uniform? Uh, I a hundred percent think so. Like they've got also got Justin Barron's another guy to keep mm-hmm. an eye on there. 20 year old prospect. I think is a pretty solid defense and uh, not probably going to be your like big piece there, but yeah. um, I, I, I do think it's going to have to cost something like him. And like, I know when, when you've got Kale McCarr, you got Samuel Girard, you've got Devon Tays. Obviously, Eric Johnson's not the player he used to be, but is in a deeper role in the lineup, is not mm-hmm. a bad player. Um, so, uh, you, you know what? It's something where, yeah, it's that's probably what it's going to cost. Um, they, they also have Sean Barons, Drew Hellison, uh, two dis- decent players uh, in college that could be opportun- options there. So if they don't have tra- trading Byron, which I do think would be the one of the options granted he's hurt right now too. Um, but I, I do think we'd have to look at those two guys and Barons and Hellison as two guys to maybe watch there too. Um, so that that's a piece where we, we know Colorado like scoring is not the biggest concern for that team, but would be something that would really kind of spice that team up. I'd still say I don't love their goaltending, but yeah. in the end, like yeah, you're putting Giroux, if you can get it there, I think would just be someone that'd be so important for that group. And they don't have a first because they gave it up to get that goaltending that you're not very confident in, in Darcy yeah. Kemper. But even then, it's like when Kemper's hit or miss, he he does have these minute moments of being really good. And I know the, mm-hmm. the men's world championship is not this this great event to a lot of people. And the 2021 the tournament wasn't the best talent, but he played pretty poor in those first few games. Yeah. And then 
after he was given the net for the playoffs, he was probably the best player in the entire tournament. He has this ability, and we saw in Arizona of him kind of just turning it on when it matters. So I'm not actually even too concerned going to the playoffs just because we've seen this guy pull up before, and that's not like a statistical analysis there it's not saying like oh well he's you you always get better when the games mean more but it's like this is someone who has proven it before that he can play big in big moments um and when he gets hot he gets really hot and so i i well i'm not too confident now i think there's other things they could do on the team to make it better where it might not make as big of a difference so um yeah, be see interesting, kind of see where he goes because he like he's gonna go to a contender and he's gonna mm-hmm. go to a team that he really believes will win the Stanley Cup because he has a new movement clause. So those options are pretty limited, anyways. Fun fact about Darcy Kemper: I accidentally dropped him in uh, in fantasy this year, and was too embarrassed uh, to admit that um, and to plead to to my league to you know maybe give give him back to me uh, that that he just went out there and then Ian Tulloch, uh, the hockey news zone, picked him up and beat me with him the next week. So life is pain, um, and nothing uh, good ever happens. All right. Well, I'll say that. I'll say this. He, like, yeah. well, we're not totally confident. He's only got seven losses this year. It's like that's <laughs> true. And, and like, wins. And wins, still long, good. wins are the most important goalie stat. Just like how they are with pitchers in baseball. That's the most. I mean, that's clearly common knowledge. All right. Let's move on to another team that is looking to sell, but like another player, uh, very important could could be neck and neck here if this if this is someone that actually gets traded as the top trade uh, trade target. Hampus Lindholm of the Anaheim Ducks. There's some there's some chatter, some chatter around him. Um, apparently, uh, G- uh, Anaheim GM Pat Verveek has said he's willing to explore trades for all of his pending UFAs. Not that they're going to be traded, but he's looking to explore them. Hampus Lindholm is one of that. He's a left shot defenseman. He's 28 in the middle, smack dab in the middle of his prime, making 5.2 million this season. What do you uh, first? Do you think he's going to get traded? Because he's a pretty. I mean, obviously he's, he needs a new contract at the end of the year, so it might make sense given you know if if Anaheim wants to rebuild and he and there's a precedent even with like the 7.5 million that that Morgan Riley just signed to. You think he might want to use that as like a comparable, which, you know, maybe that's a little bit too much to pay for a guy who might not be on the same trajectory timeline wise as your contending window. There's a lot of factors going in here. Do you think he's getting traded and where do you think he's going? See the defense market's pretty, pretty solid this year. Honestly, I'm not convinced he gets traded. Um, And, but, but at the same time, the, the, I guess like when you look at uh, uh, Dallas, now that Mir, um, Mir Heiskanen is going to be out for a long term, that to me, that means they're not moving uh, Klingberg. So that means people might be looking as a backup option and say, okay, well, Hamas Lindholm is a good one. Um, the Ducks don't have a high chance of making the playoffs at this point, uh, a very, very low chance, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they kind of might have to just sell. Um, but... I don't know that someone where like the, the ducks have kind of had this situation where defense has been a struggle for them in the last like five, six years where I, I wouldn't, if I'm the ducks, I don't want to get rid of him, but you got to be listening because of the defense market's pretty big this year. You got guys like Nick Letty that are, it's going to be interesting. Mark Giordano. Uh, we saw Jared Dano play a couple nights ago and seemed like he was in the penalty box every time we looked at him. Um, but with, with Lindholm, it's something where I, if I'm Anaheim, I'm I'm listening, but I'm I'm erring on the caution of it's got to be something really worth it, assuming they believe they could sign him too. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, he's someone I think the Ducks should hold on to, but it's 
he's been really good for them for a long time. And, and, and defense has been kind of an issue for, for Anaheim, but maybe at the same time, look at this and say, we need a real fresh start. The start of the season was promising. And then it just turned into an absolute disaster. Um, but I, I think you just, the deal has to really make sense to move. Him. What would it take? Because he's a very good player. Um, it's a, a number, a guy who could be a number one defenseman, um, even as a rental is going to cost a lot. Like for example, they uh, like Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff has has indicated that the Panthers are someone who is interested. Like let's let's hypothetically, like what would the Panthers have to give up to get Hampus Lindholm in? Well, just just knowing Panthers, like Owen Tippett would probably be a piece of that, which actually would be a nice piece for for the Ducks. But does uh, does Owen Tippett have value anymore? Because his name has been put out there so much. It's like yeah, he's good, but but like they they want it's one of those weird situations where they want to trade this good player even though they're like a contender just because it's like, well, we don't have any room for him. He wants a new move. Like, is that enough? Like if with that around him, is that enough to be like a piece? Like, like Like, to make him like the centerpiece. Put it this way. Like he's, He's in the AHL right now. <laughs> so yeah. uh, clearly it, it, it's just not working on Florida, a team that has needed goal scoring. Um, and they're probably getting it this year, but secondary scoring was kind of an issue with this team. He he needs out of that organization. I still think he's got talent. Uh, he's one of the, in terms of OHL hockey, he's got one of the best shots I've ever seen. Um, he was just a fantastic shooter and junior. And I know he could, in the right situation, it could work. He's not someone who's going to thrive in your bottom six, but Anaheim's got a good young core coming up. Uh, they've obviously got Zegras, they've got uh, Troy Terry, Sam Steele. And if you throw him in there, I think he's got an opportunity to really kind of excel, especially if a guy like Ricard Raquel gets moved. Um, so I think that he would be definitely a key piece there. And I think that'd be something where Panthers or Ducks fans would be pretty happy with his return. Uh, and obviously it's going to have to include some picks along the way, but uh, he would, to me, from a player standpoint, would be someone to watch. Like think about just like a, a young core, you know, you got like Troy Terry, Trevor Zegris. Uh, oh, I have um, all the hockey cards to prove how much I really believed in that core. I, I bought as many yeah. hockey cards as I could have Terry, Steele, Jones. As you um, should, man. That's not they're, they're yet, looking good. And actually, then I you got add Owen Tippett. I, I got a Zegris uh, AHL card I'm trying to sell that's oh. has sold for over $100 on eBay. So we'll see how it goes. You, you hold on to that for, for a couple of years? That could be worth even more. I don't know. I kind of want to buy my... Uh, I put a... a I put a deposit down on a steam deck and that thing's like mm. almost seven hundred dollars so yeah. i like to pay off that that's I, true I'm that's will, a good point i'm willing to take the loss i still got a ps4 i want to sell at some point the last time i turned it on was at the office before christmas when yeah we did i remember the that. world junior tournament yeah uh, eventually I'm, I'm gonna want to get rid of that um but you know i don't know it's a cool card it's red numbered pretty cool wow must must be nice having ps5s to throw around and then to get rid of ps4 is crazy hey, anyway. the, the, the seeker was randomly at four o'clock in the afternoon typing in best buy in french going on their website and finding the one available that was in burlington that wasn't available on the english site but if you wanted the french site it was there interest is it is it a digital is it a disc version what is it? uh it is the disc version wow so you're getting you're getting the legit one yeah, guess how many discs I've loaded into it. <laughs> how many, Steven? Just one, Spider-Man. Hey, there you go. Oh, and of course, of course. All right. Next no, rep up on... never mind, two, two. Rep oh, okay, rep. interesting. All right. Well, next up on the dock, another California-based player. We got Thomas Hurdle, who, man, the apparently all, all indications have said that the Sharks are, like, they're trying real hard to, to get him locked down, to, to find an extension. But given the trajectory of that team, the deals that they have, you know, kind of that are just weighing down their cap, whether how they're kind of stuck in limbo where 
the cap, like the contracts they have won't let them rebuild, but the talent that they have and the output that they have won't let them contend. It, it might, it's, it's very difficult. A, a Thomas Hurdle trade could really help them kind of reset here. If, if they choose to go um, the more rebuildy or the more like, let's take a step back and then push forward route. A, do you think he's getting traded? Like, what, what do you think is going to happen with him? And also, where do you think he's going to go? Like, what would be a good fit? Oh, um, well, <laughs> it'll be a uh, massive for, package for this guy, too. Yeah, it's going to he, he's like in terms of forwards, it's going to be you're going to be spending a lot of money to get him. Because if, if you don't get like Sharu, even though like they, they don't necessarily play the same position, um, uh, Hurdle is someone where he'd be an incredible return. Um, there'd be a lot of teams I'd be looking to get him. I'd say like the Bruins, the Rangers. Um, Minnesota, uh, maybe Calgary, all teams that like are contenders or some that are just trying to really push up the standings that could use him in terms of if he gets traded, um, this is often no inside information, but I think it's someone where teams are going to put a heavy push on him. It's whether like in San Jose, yeah, it'd be great to be able to, to keep him there um, long-term because you look, you got low Couture there for a bunch of more years. Uh, Timo Myers can be in RFA uh, at the end of 2023. So he will be someone that uh, you, they would hope to also get long-term. But then after that, it's like, who else are they, do they, can they really rely on in that current group? And hurdles kind of the last option there, but he's also at that kind of the age where like 28 to 32, I almost hate when players get contracts then because it's like, <laughs> It's such a risky time. It is because you could like you sign this guy to like a six year contract. You could get only like two, one or two years of actual value out of that before it just craters. You never well, know. I, I wrote about uh, JT Miller today and it's like he's someone where I don't think the Canucks should trade him at this point. But it's like but then you are just because like right now the Canucks are playing so well. and He's been so important for that team. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, his trade value has probably never been higher. So you can go out there and trade him and get great value. But then it's like at the same time, you've got a shot at the playoffs here. And that's a team where the Canucks, I still feel has the pieces to be a contender. They just need to really figure out certain things like their defense and well, the back of goal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, although watching Spencer Martin watch, and I'll be, I'd say I'm a little biased. I've watched him play for many, many, many years growing up in Oakville. Um, but I think he might have the opportunity to be a solid backup for that team. Anyways, Something like there, or like that's a tough one because he's he's going to be thirty when his contract's over. It's like, well, what type of contract does he get? Um, so Hurdle got to be careful, but he's still a player that can could be this high volume goal scorer. He could be this high, high offensive producer, uh, and yeah, you, you need him there because like Kevin LeBanc hasn't been kind of the the guy they really thought he was going to be mm-hmm. after he went out and got like a zillion points that one year, um, and, and you need someone to be that offensive threat and uh yeah hurdles got to be one of those guys so I, I think it would i i would expect san jose to go for it but i feel like of all players available in the market teams are going to be making a huge run at them because they know if, if sharu's gone who's next hurdle is that next guy you're right all right another another guy who kind of came out of nowhere here uh is brandon hagel of the chicago blackhawks now this is a <laughs> he kind of came out of nowhere but he's he's a very very intriguing uh, piece because he's only 23 uh, he's and he's got two more seasons left on his deal at 1.5 million and he and he might be a 30 goal scorer this year depending on you know like how he how he finishes the year why first of all why is there even chatter about him getting traded at all he seems like I know the I know the the Hawks are about to go into a rebuild and this guy's 23 like would you not he's, he's a he's a young piece would you not want to have him as part of your rebuild, but at the same time, like a guy at that age, 
that kind of that that kind of uh, you know bang for your buck and the term that he's still signed to as well man who knows like that that's that's another guy who could command a huge price uh and really set up the blackhawks uh, moving forward for this little retool or rebuild that they're that they're undergoing under kyle davidson what are, what are the odds that that he gets dealt well it, it's funny because it's like for as, as lousy of a team the blackhawks have been the last couple of years they seem to just find these guys who could just score a lot yeah. like he's gonna get something like he, he could get close to 25 goals this year like Okay, I can't say I expected that. And uh, no, I didn't but, even know who this guy was before the season. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. And then I was a big fan of Dominic Kubelik, but I didn't expect him to be a 30 goal scorer when he showed up in the mm-hmm. league. And, and, uh, uh, P.S. Suter even like 14 goals last year. Like it's, they get these guys who could be these goal scorers for this group. And it just seems like, how do you guys keep doing that for a team that's not that competitive? And not um, that good at scouting either, like draft wise. Yeah. Well, that, that's true. Ah, I, <laughs> This is a guy that I, I'm not huge on. Like he's like this really cheap. Like he's he's a cheap player that's gonna like if if you can get him kind of to uh, like he's he's gonna be signed for another two years I believe after this he's on a three year mm-hmm. deal, so he's someone that could actually be kind of like you, you you'll have him at a cheap price, but it's like. The Blackhawks, I know you guys are going through a rebuild, but this guy might actually be something worth keeping on. And it's like, it's not like you're shedding big salary on a $1.5 million deal. You're kind of just trading a guy to trade a guy at that point. So the return's got to be like, he's not, he's not a huge ceiling player like this. This might be a guy who might get 40 points a year, kind of on a normal uh, stance, because like the thing with the Blackhawks, like on top of all the goals is they'll get a lot of guys who get high offensive numbers, like Eric Gustafson, the one year gets like 56 points. And like how many of those points were just meaningless points, like a secondary, yeah. well, not, secondary assists aren't meaningless, but like a lot of secondary yeah, they're, they're assists, close, though. secondary assists or games goals and like a seven, four game and stuff like that. It's like, like the, those, like a lot of that, was attributed to him and you look at his kind of play. So for Hagel, it's like, he, he'd be good value for any team that want him. If, if they're really willing to move on from him, yeah, you got to take it because he's a goal scorer at a cheap price, but it just doesn't make sense to trade him really, in my opinion. All right. Another, we've reached your favorite member of the trade, uh, of the trade candidates here, Ben Sherratt. You know, you know a lot about him. You're a big Habs guy. So why don't you give me your thoughts on Ben Sherratt? The whole, all everything surrounding it, and I swear, if you mention the words Maple Leafs, I will quit on the spot. So the uh, I think a team that really should look at Ben Sherratt. Uh, it's an Ontario-based team. Um, they're, they're playing an outdoor game uh, in coming day, couple of days from now that we're going to see, uh, and maybe he'll be in that game. No, uh, so Ben Sherratt. Uh, yes, say I, the I Sabers of, aren't in Ontario. That's that's weird. Oh, I don't well, know why you're know, talking they, about that. They're the, they're the home team in Hamilton. Exactly. So. Yeah. Makes. Oh, yeah. So I guess you're you're referring to the Sabers. That's an in, interesting given their given where they are but i mean i'm not gonna argue with you yeah uh the, the team that really kind of just makes sense to me is st louis um yeah. uh a decent uh I'm, i've never been high on Sherrod ever i kind of just think he's like he he played a big role in montreal because the montreal canadians aren't good defensively like <laughs> that's kind of how i looked at it because it's like he was kind of like the the it was Winnipeg he was on before he was kind of just thrown away. It's like at the time when he was signed, it's like, okay, it's like, I guess that makes sense for the Habs, but it's like he, he played 
I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy that he's so big in trade rumors and maybe because it's like, he's like six, three and over 230 pounds and he can hit and, and can do this, but he's not someone that's going to really like, if you need a guy to be your second, third pairing defenseman to be physical. Yeah. He's the guy. So the team that kind of makes sense to me is St. Louis or even the Boston Bruins. Um, at the same time, and I believe we mentioned, I talked last time I was on the show, I talked about Zendino Chara being someone like if a team really needed a, a decent depth piece, uh, he could be someone. Uh, it's almost like, like Sherrod's a bit more of an expensive one where he could be that physical guy. Uh, you're not going to get a ton of points for him, out of, other than the fact he's actually been playing really well recently. Like he, I think he's picked a good time to get his trade value up. He's got like seven points his last 10 games, something like that. Um, but you're not going to get like a huge offensive number from him. And, um, but he's, he, he's, he won't come cheap and it's because of this defensive market being so important this year where Montreal is going to try to capitalize on it in your capital. You're, you're basically potentially spending a lot of money on a guy who will be there for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and not be more than a fourth, fifth or sixth defenseman in your, in a team's eyes. So, uh, but if, if you can afford it, go for it. San, St. Louis just fits to me, Boston, uh, Washington, maybe um, teams like that. Yeah, Washington seems like gutsy enough to really kind of go for it, do something like, like that. You, like physical hockey, it, as much as I I hate to say, like teams like you got to have goal scoring over physicality in hockey. The point of the games are to score goals and mm-hmm. not to uh, launch people into the boards like everyone does in ESHL. Um, but like physicality has been something that's been proved. Like, look at Toronto. Look how they lost mm. to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, look how they lost to the Washington Capitals. Uh, don't, don't, don't look at how they lost to the Montreal Canadiens. Cause that, that was not a physical team, but uh, look, Sherratt will bully these teams around in the playoffs and he could be the rough and tumble guy where that there'll be the value. There. But you're right. If you put it this way, I don't think there'd be so much talk about him being such a huge uh, defense or huge option of the deadline. If he wasn't in Montreal. If he was in San Jose, I don't think we're talking about him. It's a shame that he's not in San Jose because I definitely am not a fan of talking about him. But either way, it's fine. All right. Another guy. This Now, now from what we've heard, this doesn't seem likely to uh, – this guy doesn't seem likely to be traded. He Apparently, he said he doesn't want to be traded, but you never know. It's Marc-Andre Fleury. He's pending UFA. He's 37. You know, still wants to win in the twilight of his career. Uh, still a good goaltender. Who do you think um, – makes like like tries up to go get him what could he cost because if the blackhawks are able to actually deal him that would be i mean that would be quite the the investment you know getting him for essentially nothing from vegas because they needed to get him off the books and then potentially dealing him for like a good a good package of assets or picks or something like that where like do you a do you think he even gets traded in the first place and b if he does who do you think is anteing up I still think he gets traded and it's a disaster if he doesn't, because he's a guy that's making $7 million and the salary cap doesn't matter in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but he, he's someone where, you know what? He's had some really rough stretches. He actually hasn't played that well in the last couple of games. Um, but we know how good he is and he, he plays on the on a team that yeah. was, was to whether fair or not has never been given a fair shot this year because the start of the season was all about the controversy going on. Mm. And then the team breaking news isn't any good. So yeah. they've all just, it's been kind of just a rough year for them all together. Um, I, I think he will get traded still because there will be teams really needing that push. And it's going to be, it's going to be tough to move them. And like you said, it's going to be an unbelievable return for the Blackhawks, but it's like the Blackhawks are going to lose them for nothing pretty much anyways in the off season. So you, you might as well try no matter what to move them. Like, I, I don't know if it has to be like, 
taking his goalie pads and like just physically moving it somewhere else so that he can't play or something or like like <laughs> get, taking away his access to the arena or something but it's like you got to trade him because he's someone that he will bring you like the, the, the Blackhawks are just going to get so much value for him. And yeah, you know, the goaltending situation is not great behind him, um, but they, they'll need some, like they, they might as well make the most of this investment. And when they traded for him, it was clear he was never going to be here for the whole year because the Blackhawks were not going to be a true contender. And it was like, okay, well, what's he going to be traded for? And if they don't end up trading him, it's going to be a total disaster. So um, I think it'll be fun to see where he goes, but in terms of where he goes, it's like the, the, what about the Carolina Hurricanes? Uh, if they could afford yeah. it, the Hurricanes they 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 got some decent young guys in the system. They can move if they feel like this gives them an opportunity. Because Freddie Anderson uh, is good, but he's got a shaky moments, and we've seen him not be outstanding in the playoffs. You you get him out there to shore that up. Uh, or even just to get to those extra starts when Anderson's not playing, give Anderson a bit of a rest before the playoffs. Uh, and then all of a sudden you've got one of the best goalie duos in the league. To me, a team that's going to pick him up is going to be a team that's like a lot of these players, super serious, but winning the Stanley cup this year and, and Colorado would be a good fit. Uh, it's just kind of, do they have what the, the Blackhawks need? Uh, if Flurry is your starting goalie uh, and Darcy Kemper is your backup, that's a great duo. So, those are the teams I'm looking at there where it's like he will make an instant impact. I don't know. Leafs have been mentioned for a long time. No, it's not building a flurry. It's like a, that's you're, you're it's going to, they're going to have to poach that team in a big way to make that work. Um, but like, what's it going to go? What would, what would flurry cost realistically? They'll, they'll probably Toronto. ask. Oh, for Toronto. Yeah, man. that would be tough. Like they're like the Blackhawks are going to, I mean, they'll obviously be looking for a first. Um, which I don't think the Leafs are willing to give up, just given the fact that they've they've barely had any firsts moving forward here for a while. Um, I I honestly, it's tough. Like, I think for sure a guy like Travis Dermott is out the door. Um, mm-hmm. They might even like the the organization likes Lilligren, so I I don't know if they will deal him, but that's that's a possibility. But then again, like, are you willing to give up a guy who you've invested like? five years of development into and painstaking development and a first a former first round pick and a right shot puck moving defenseman. Who's just kind of coming into his own for what will ultimately be like two, ma- two, three months maximum of a 37 year old goaltender, you know, Unless like, the Leafs really think that he could be the answer to what's going on and can lead this team to the cup. Yeah. And, and I mean, you do whatever it takes. Exactly. And, and you know, the, the situation definitely got a lot murkier today considering the Jack Campbell's out for two weeks. And now the, now the entire goaltending sort of like hopes and dreams is being placed on the shoulders of Peter Morazic, who is also injury prone and has a nine, eight ninety this season. So well, uh, we'll he's have- good. See the thing with Morazic is Morazic proved in Carolina that like when he's really, when, when he's, when he's on his game, he's on his game, kind of like Darcy Kemper. Yes. However, it's just like it's been so like sparingly in his career where you just can't rely on that. And this this may be the best opportunity he's ever had in his career to show he's capable of being a, a normal goalie. And the Leafs got two more years of him after this. Yeah, they have two more years of him after this at almost four million. Um, what I'm more worried about is like like, yeah, he, he's going to have a chance now in the next two weeks to, to just take the crease for himself. Like uh, undoubtedly, like that's, he's going to have the chance to be the guy, but at the same time, um, if he gets hurt, which he has already been this season, which he's been many times in the past, then the Leafs are forced into getting someone else. They can't go with like a Eric Schalgren and Joseph wall 
or or Michael Hutchinson tandem. Like they'll have to go and get someone. And I'd be more inclined to go and pay the mid round pick or you know like sort of like B level prospect to get Anton Forsberg, for example, who's having a good year, who could potentially come in. And for as good as Forsberg has been at points, it's like that's then you're just getting another guy with pretty much no starting experience and He's throwing them into guy. a team that's. It's like at that point, it's like Toronto's got to be talking here at this point yeah because you you know we talk about like potentially a rental but what if it's not what if they just don't bring back campbell and they bring in yeah flurry for another year or two and also and the thing is flurry is like flurry like he's only going to be traded to a place he wants to go like the blackhawks made that very clear especially after how kind of shoddily it was handled uh that situation was handled in vegas and I'm not sure, like, just given the way, just given, like, I know that there's no restrictions really anymore, but I think just given the way that, like, t- like that the players view Canada, I'm not sure if he's willing to come to a Canadian team, like, willingly put himself in, in that in that situation. I don't know. Like, it, it's, it, he's one of, he's probably the most intriguing guy on this list. Well, see, the thing is, then you look at the, there's always a talk about, like, oh, what a player want to go into this pressure pack situation. And it's like, well, playing in the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs would be a big pressure pack situation. But it's like, he's up to at the end of his career here, mm-hmm. where it's like, he's won his, his trophies, he's won all this stuff. I bet you he wants another shot at the Stanley Cup after getting so close just a couple of years ago in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that I think that I really, like to me, it would be a fit. It's just, are you giving up too much here for what could just be short term? If they then go back and say, well, we really believe in Campbell, we're bringing him back for three years, and then you just give away a piece. But it's something like if the Leafs actually believe he could be one of their guys next season, and he is older and his play has dropped off quite a bit since last year, uh, and, and could very well do that when he's 38. Um, it's and we, we talk about 38 and 37 as if they're these ancient geezers, um, but they're not. Um, but in hockey, obviously. but for Flurry, it's like I, I you, you gotta listen to him, and the team has to consider if he's the option for next year. It, it's really interesting. Like, I like he's he's for sure the most in uh, the most intriguing guy on this list, I think, for me, because as well, he only has one cup as the guy. You know, like he's like he 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 wasn't the starter when when the Penguins won won that cup. Um, so it'll be it, again, it'll be really interesting to see where he goes and whether or not the fire burns extremely bright for him to be the guy again to lead a team to a cup for what will likely be the last chance in his career. All right, another one before uh, you know. Well, we'll also down. add one more. Oh, oh yeah, hitting down HF boards uh, not long ago. Oh, this will be good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was Neilander for uh, for Flurry straight up. Oh yeah, one for one, absolutely. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Well, Nylander got I, demoted to the third line today. You know. Oh well, he's falling out of favor. And guess guess who didn't get demoted to the third line? Flurry. You're right. I can't argue with that logic. You're 100 percent right. All right, Brock Besser, another guy. Um, he see it seems like he's a pending RFA. He's got a 7.5 million um, qualifying offer. That's a minimum. Oh, okay, sir. One more. One more. Oh yeah. yeah Here's hit one. Me. Hit me. <laughs> Age of boards, Sherratt with 50% retained to Toronto for a first round pick this year and the 2023 20, third round pick. And then Travis Dermott just for Sherratt to be in the third pairing. <laughs> Incredible. Love it. Love it. Makes so much sense. With, with, with Hall on the second pair. Oh, yeah. Hall, and, and if we've, if anything's been clear, this is definitely in the Hall, the, the season to elevate Hall in the lineup. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Brock Besser, 24 years old, uh, pending RFA. He's got a minimum $7.5 million uh, qualifying offer that you'll have to be given next season. This is the Brock Buster is one of those 30 goal scorers. Who's never hit 30 goals. 
Um, <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys where you, you pit him as, oh, he's such a great goal scorer, but he's never, you know, like hit 30 goals. He's he all, whether it's injuries or, or sort of like the craziness of the organization around him. I think um, it, it's it's very difficult to see whether or not the Canucks going to move this guy, um, whether they believe in him uh, enough to to essentially like link their their rebuild to him um, because they'll have to financially sort of commit to him along with committing the years. Um, it, it'll be really interesting. Like, because I, I think you can get a lot for a guy like Brock Besser here. Again, he's only 24 years old. He's got that pedigree as a, as a, as a scorer, you know, like I think put him in a right, in the right situation. He can really flourish. Um, but then are you more, are you more inclined to trade a guy like JT Miller, who's a bit older, who you can maybe get even more for, and then sort of use Besser as, as a building block. I don't know. What do you think? I, well, I wrote a whole story on why basically they shouldn't trade JT Miller today. So that's my thought. On that. Oh, okay. Um, where where uh, can with, you find with, that Steven? What's that? Where can you find that story? Uh, the hockey news.com slash the URL name. What a great website with great writers. Yes. Uh, yes. There's also a really uh, uh, okay-ish article about uh, Leafs goaltender. That sucks. Don't read it. Don't read it. Um, yeah. It's kind of, it's funny you say that. Yeah. Brock Besser, the 30 goal scorer who has never had 30 goals and he's on pace yeah. at 25 this year. So he's still on Right. Hit. Like <laughs> everyone's like, oh, he's got this goal score. I'm like, he's never hit 30 goals. Yeah. So come on. He's on pace for 50 points, but he's at 34 now. So he's got to play pretty good down the stretch. And it's been it also boosted by a couple of pretty solid games against a couple of minor teams like Toronto, Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Besser is so like, oh, man, it's like it's it, I, to me, that's the guy you'd. You, you maybe look at trading because obviously like he's still a young piece and you got a young team and you want a, the group there, but it's like, who's more valuable to you right now on the ice Miller or Besser? Well, Besser's or basically Miller's had almost double the value offensively that Besser's had. And at least you, you could throw him at a trade next year because he's not a UFA. He's still mm-hmm. going to his contract. You can move him next year, assuming he still plays well, or he move in the off season. Um, but Besser, it, it, it's I, to me, it truly is the question of what they really want to do with Miller. Um, if, if they want to keep Miller, then yeah, Besser, I think maybe becomes that guy who becomes available. If they trade, uh, Miller, then Besser stays. So it's kind of one or the other to me. I think that you, you it's another of, you got to entertain the offers. Um, but it's going to cost you a lot of money to retain him knowing the numbers just aren't there yet. Um, and, and maybe he needs to go to a new situation there and find a different team that will work out. But then at the same time, if he leaves, then you really got to bring in, you got to keep JT Miller. Mm-hmm. You've already lost like Tyler Toffoli and there's been other players that they've been able, unable to retain. So, um, I, I'd say right now to me, it's kind of a 50, 50 and whether he gets traded. Um, but he, he, maybe he truly benefits from somewhere else because it's, it's hard to say it's not working when he's on pace for 50 points and he's had a couple of 50 point seasons, but it's like, it feels like we're just always waiting for what's next or what, what can happen. And he's helping his trade value a lot. He's been pretty good in the last 10 games. I think he's like third or fourth on the team in scoring in that span. Uh, but you, there, there's a lot of trade value out of a RFA 25. Who's got that goal scoring ability. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's very 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 interesting, Stephen. Like there's so much going on. I 
I don't know. I just, I, I, it all comes back down to Brock Besser is a 30 goal scorer who has never scored 30 goals in my mind. Like he, like his pedigree um, precedes him. I think, you know, like it, like his, like his reputation precedes him. He has a reputation that I don't think he's, he's played enough really to, to back up. And I think some of that is circumstance obviously with injuries and with the chaos that he's been around in Vancouver, but We'll have to see because a team who could who will likely have to give up a big package for him and then pay him a lot of money, at least seven point five million dollars next year. And that's at least um, that's the minimum like like he might, you know, that's how many players actually take their qualifying offer. Right. Like, no, he's probably going to push for more. Um you got to be really committed to him. <laughs> like exactly. You be really committed. You have to really think like you have to really have so much, like all the confidence in the world that this guy in a new situation is going to be that 30, maybe even 40 goal score that he's been pegged for. And we, we haven't seen that yet. So it's, it's a big risk. All right. I think we're going to do our last free agent here where it's, it's, I, I'll, I'm going to call this episode the trade full eight, because this is, we we've done big eight trade chips and this is Mark Giordano. He just came through town in Toronto a little bit, took two penalties in that game. So clearly, you know, off the board, no one wants him. But according to Frank Zervalli, who gets all these scoops, geez Louise, um, apparently Ron Francis has met with Giordano last week and said a trade is kind of, you know, it's, it's imminent. It's an order interest picking up. Um, What, what do you think a package for him? First of all, I think the Leafs should be looking at this guy for sure. Like, I think he would, he would add a lot to their back end. He's, a lot like the kind of he's from Toronto too. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would be a great story. An undrafted guy from Toronto who, you know, comes to the team when he's 38 years old, he's kind of UFA, bald. obviously uh, bald. Yeah. That's huge. Bald guy. Um, and comes in and, and, and helps them le- go to the cup. Now, uh, what, what, what would you give up for a guy like Giordano? Cause he's having a decent season, but he's definitely not that top pairing defenseman that he was. He used to be, he's not, the, he's definitely not the Norris caliber that he was before but he brings a lot of a lot of you know experience probably what like second round pick and a, and a pretty intriguing prospect yeah no that, that that seems fair like you're 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 part of it is you're giving him a chance to go win the stanley cup yeah. and seattle knows that and they respect that i think i know calgary's been a team that's been rumored for a while but i think maybe after going again to foley like their their trade ship options are a little lower um to me an obvious choice is the florida panthers uh, yeah. go out there and shore that team. But uh, they've they got a pretty decent group of defense, but it's also a young group. So that'd be someone where you can kind of maybe spice things up. Boston, we've mentioned them a few times. Obviously, Toronto would be another one. Uh, maybe the Rangers. The Rangers, for as good of a team that that group is, still gives up a lot of shots and yes. still makes it challenging for um, just jerking up points. So I think that would be a really good bit. So uh, in terms of my probability, if he gets traded, I'm saying 150% chance he gets traded. Um, it's... Yeah. Not 200, only 150. Yeah. 10,000. Let's go. That's really cool. Damn. But it's kind of like, again, with Klingberg likely not being traded now, he's someone where you look at it's like, yeah, there's a lot of teams that can be a realistic fit there. And then, so to me, Florida, Boston are two teams to really keep an eye on there. Uh, And then, see, it's also got to be a team that's willing to give up assets because Seattle is. Literally a brand new franchise with mm-hmm. uh, a need to build up their their rookies um, and and their young guys, and uh, so yeah, it'll be kind of fun to watch. And so like Toronto for sure in it. Um, I'm not sure what the cost would be. Maybe you got to throw in a guy playing college hockey, and um, they, they're not they trading couple, Matthew Nyes. I was saying like he he and uh, a certain uh, Matty Beniers looked really good at the uh, at the Olympics. Well, one thing is, is to, to 
keep into consideration this as well is that uh, Seattle only has, I think it's 37 contracts out of the 50 that are, that are the max. Like, mm-hmm. so they, and they have a lot of draft capital, you know, I think they'll be looking mainly for prospects. So it might be, they might take a lot of, you know, a, a lot of, like a big package of prospects over picks um, considering that they have the ability to add, you know, basically as many contracts as they wanted through the end of the season, like that, you know, they have far and away the lowest uh, in the league. Uh, and it, Giordano is not at the caliber to give away a guy like Matthew Nice. He's not at that. I maybe maybe a Topi Niamela, or maybe a Veroni Hervinen and Nick Abruzzi or something. But Abruzzi's he's he's a guy I would think. He he did play a bit with uh, Nick Abruzzi. If that's how you say his last name, Abruzzi. Uh, Abruzzi. Yeah, one? I've watched him play hockey for a few years, and I still don't know it. Um, He's obviously had really good years in in the uh, NCAA, but he's someone mm-hmm. where, like, he's to me, uh, he he's expendable enough. Where if that's something with Seattle really like, it's like I'd say go for it, hundred um, percent. He was he was one of the better players um, for the United States at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely played better than these, and uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see where how he does. Um, I, I, it was kind of a different situations compared to his freshman year, but I thought he was a much more dominant player as a freshman than he was this year in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see if he gets a move, but um, he's a 22 year old center, not big, not physical um, to the point where I feel like if he's not playing a huge role in the A or the NHL, like a playing middle six, he's not going to be as useful. Uh, if you want a guy who's got some muscle and strength in the fourth line, he's not your dude, mm-hmm. uh, but could be a value guy for Seattle. So I feel like if Jared Anno's traded, he's probably one guy to watch it. Yeah. All right. See, before we leave, before I have to then throw on pants and run down to the rink, um, give me one, like one big, maybe like sort of un, unprecedented prediction you got, like something that you think is for sure going to happen, but it might not be as obvious. Like this big trade deadline, hot take. Okay. Tampa Bay is going to find a way to circumvent the stand, the salary cap. Yeah. That's my prediction. I mean, that's, that's not necessarily, uh, are you can't No, that's super bold. That's super bold. They've never done it before. So I don't know. Uh, the, the one game, the, uh, hmm, that's a tough one. I, I'm going to go on the board and say Chickering's not traded. He's uh, not. Yeah. Chikrin's I don't, I don't think it's, it's and whatever team gets Corposalo, their fan base is going to really, really hype it up for a bit and then realize why he's one of the worst statistical goalies in the last five years. And like, dang, he isn't the 2020 playoff Corpus Allo. Oh no. It's always fun when they figure that out. It's always like, a lot of Oilers fun. fans want Corpus Allo And it's like, do you guys want to ah. fix your goaltending or do you want to add Corpus? Allo? As someone who gets like near erotic pleasure at the Oilers dismay, I would love for them to get Corpus Allo. I'm all aboard that train. Well, there, there was there was something on Twitter today. People saying like the Leafs need to go get Koskinen, and it's like, <laughs> what? Okay, no, no, we're not even hey, entertaining Ko- that. But but like people are like, oh, Koskinen's record recently is like actually pretty good. It's like I'm pretty sure I'm going to bring that number up because I'm pretty sure it's like in the last ten games his goals against average is barely nine hundred. Yeah, like his goals against average is year. No, sorry, same percentage. Uh, like it's a point nine oh four of the season. Okay, actually, the last ten games he's been pretty decent, but it's still it's 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 Miko Koskinen. It's who, ten games out of his whole otherwise disappointing career. Like, like he has a twenty nine and three record, and his stats are terrible outside of that. It's like when you get that many wins in thirty three games, and you can't do much with it. It's like 
Corpusol is not the answer, and George Evans also not the answer for any teams looking for him. Columbus, mm. I feel like, is doing what the Rangers did, which hold, held on way too long for George Evans. They should have traded him like two or three years ago. Oh, now yeah. Now value is nothing. Corpusol's trade value continues to fall with every game he plays. We'll have to see. All right. Well, lot, lots of lots of moving uh, moving to- uh, musical chairs going on here. Lots of moving pieces. We'll have to keep an eye on it, and, and we will keep an eye on it on thehockeynews.com. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere anywhere you can get podcasts under the sun, as well as thehockeynews.com. Steven, anything to leave the listeners with before we head out? Uh, when's this podcast going on MySpace? Uh, it, it will only show up if you put it in your top five. Okay. I never had MySpace. So. Uh, neither did I. I that's the Actually, only no, incorrect. Of I created a MySpace three years ago. Okay. That's and very, I know what to talk to on it. That's so quirky and random of you, Steven. Incredible. All right. We are, we are, we will be back next week. Thank you for listening and uh, just have a great night. Enjoy, enjoy yourself. Peace.